please pray with me. God of grace, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. For those of you who don't know me, my family name is Love, which matters for understanding this. My sister's husband once said, when a love woman is hungry, get out of the way. (laughs) I don't know whether it's a blood sugar issue or a character flaw, but I get very cranky when I'm hungry. And it runs in my family, at least among the women. My mother and my sister and I are all the same way. I don't get truly hungry very often, maybe a few times a week. (laughs) Seriously. I know, so, I know some people who would say they never feel actual hunger, that they always eat before they get to the point of real hunger. I wouldn't say that about myself. I can tend to get caught up in work or in puttering something and forget to eat until I am overly hungry. And when I reach that point, I want food immediately, and I'll eat quickly. Fasting is an ancient spiritual discipline, and one traditionally practiced in the season of Lent. It reminds us of Jesus' wilderness fast. I struggle to understand the spiritual gift in fasting. I don't reject the idea, I just struggle with it. I hear that fasting can be a fulfilling or inspiring experience and deeply spiritual. So seriously, if you have had a meaningful experience with fasting as a spiritual discipline yourself, I'd be really interested to hear about it. Part of my struggle is that I don't entirely understand how my getting cranky is going to deepen my relationship with God. (laughs) Part of it is that I happened to go to a college where eating disorders were epidemic. I know from listening to friends with eating disorders that the idea of fasting can be misinterpreted or misapplied in ways that might encourage or seem to justify the habits of an eating disorder. So I'm enormously cautious about promoting fasting. So that's me. I don't quite understand fasting. Of course, the desire to avoid hunger can be understood metaphorically as well as literally. We hunger for many things other than food. And those of us who are Americans in the middle class or, up, or upper, we rarely have reason for our hungers to go unsatisfied. And I think this is a temptation for us, the temptation to believe that our desires ought to be satisfied, the temptation to believe that we shouldn't have to do without. And not only that we shouldn't have to do without, but that there should be a quick fix to whatever we lack. Are you hungry? Don't cook. McDonald's can feed you in five short minutes. Are you bored? Don't sit with that. Just turn on the TV or plug in your iPod, tune into Facebook or surf the internet. There's nothing horribly wrong with any of this, really. It's all very human and very natural. But giving in to this temptation does have a cost. We miss something by being so quick to satisfy our hungers. Something about who we are when we're not distracted from our deeper needs and wants. 
I used to use a week of my continuing education time every year to go off on retreat alone. Just me and a stack of books and my hiking boots. It became predictable. Once I arrived at the retreat center and had gotten myself settled in, the first thing that would happen was that I would get hungry. But what I learned over time was that I wasn't really hungry. It was just that I was feeling all of that empty space, the space of being alone, the quiet of the place, the space or emptiness of not having a to-do list or a schedule to fill my time. In response to empty, open space, I started to think I was hungry. Jesus responded to the temptation to satisfy his hunger um, in a way that's different from what our normal response might be. And because he's Jesus, his response has some implications for us about how we might respond. Remember, Jesus was really hungry. Not hungry like I get hungry when I'm caught up in doing something and forget to have lunch until 2.30. Jesus was really hungry. He'd been fasting in the wilderness, we're told, for 40 days. After 40 days, he would be hungry the way a poor person in a third world country is hungry. Not the way we in this room tend to get hungry. And Jesus is offered the possibility of immediately satisfying his hungry, not through McDonald's, but through a miracle. All he has to do is turn that stone to bread, and his 40-day hunger will be fed. But Jesus chooses to remain hungry for two reasons. One is the reason that is stated in the scripture, that there are things we need more than bread. But the second reason, which is implicit rather than explicit, is that there is a cost to giving in to temptation. In the face of our desire to have our fill, Jesus is saying, no, have patience. Remain in the wilderness and discover how to rely on God. Reject the quick and easy answers, and the wilderness journey will teach you something about trusting God. Jesus invites us to stay present to our experience, to be full participants on the journey, these journeys that we are on. The second temptation Jesus faced was the temptation to be in control, to have power and authority, to be important and have glory. This was the temptation to have all the kingdoms of the world at his fingertips in exchange for worshiping the devil. I'm struck not only by the ways we individually might be tempted by control, power, or authority, but also by the way we as a nation are tempted. It's a particularly American temptation, I think. This notion that America is indispensable, the one remaining superpower that is needed by the world, this idea that America should be in control. The third temptation that Jesus faced was the temptation to avoid suffering, or specifically, to have God protect Jesus from the pain or suffering that would inevitably come from a particular course of action, the action of throwing himself down from a high place. I think the temptation to avoid suffering and the desire to have God magically remove suffering from us is an easy temptation to relate to. 
And again, this is no horrible thing. It is very natural, very human. There are all kinds of ways we avoid suffering and seek to protect ourselves. Now, would you rather watch Downton Abbey or news footage of the latest gun violence in one of our communities? When you're sad, would you rather cry, feel that sadness, maybe write in your journal, maybe talk to a friend, or would you rather turn on the TV or eat a pint of ice cream or have a glass of wine and try to push the sadness away? That urge to bypass suffering is very human, very natural. And in its milder forms, that urge does nothing worse than to protect ourselves from being overwhelmed by the pain of the world. And it's important not to get overwhelmed, because that can lead to paralysis. But at the other end of the continuum, this temptation can lead us to turn our backs on those who suffer, and to convince ourselves that that has nothing to do with me. And this can lead to a failure to be faithful in responding to suffering in the world. And truly, that response is part of what Jesus calls us to. I don't believe Jesus chose or desired suffering, but I do believe that he willingly walked a life path that led to suffering. Jesus chose a path that didn't spare him any of the pain or struggle that any human being knows in life. Jesus chose to live among us, to know the pain of grief and rejection, to know physical pain and death. When he could have had an easy out, could have had angels cushion every fall so that he would not know the pain, Jesus instead chose to walk the road we walk, knowing as much suffering as any of us have ever known. Jesus shares this with us. Jesus understands. All of these temptations, the temptation to feed every hunger, the temptation to control as much as we can, and the temptation to avoid pain or suffering, all these temptations can cause us to stay within our comfort zones. But there's a risk to us if we stay within our comfort zones. The risk is that we will not grow. The risk is that we might never know how much God can do with us, how God might use us for something meaningful if we make that choice to step outside our comfort zone. Lent is a good time to move outside of our comfort zone. And if you haven't already uh, chosen a Lenten practice or discipline for this year, I'd encourage you to think about experimenting with something that takes you off whatever your beaten path is. Scripture tells us that Jesus was tempted by these things, things like those that tempt us in our own lives. But in the face of temptations that relate to the temptations we face every day, Jesus' choices were clear and striking. Jesus sent Satan away. For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only God. Then the tempter left him. And the tempter will leave us too if we stand our ground and choose not a well-paved road around the wilderness, but choose to remain with Jesus and travel through the wilderness. Jesus chose not to feed his hunger. Jesus rejected power, glory, and control. Jesus chose not to be protected from suffering. 
And so in this season, be bold to wander in the wilderness areas of your own life. Know your hungers and know that you can't entirely satisfy them, but God can. Admit your lack of control and know your relative lack of importance, but trust that God is in charge. And I have to add a side note here to say that what it means to say God is in charge is a whole nother sermon. But it is something I believe, and it's a different statement from saying that God controls everything. So admit that you're not in control. And face the pain and suffering of your life in our world, knowing that God is more deeply immersed in the pain than you can quite grasp. Know that your willingness to open your eyes to suffering can expand the space for God's love in the world, the love that stands the tests of this crazy world we live in. To discern the temptations in your life and the ways to resist those temptations, to strive for the faithful path, this is not an easy road. There are many opportunities to turn aside along the way, to choose a different path. But this road is the road to Easter, the road to abundant life in the kingdom of God's vision. Amen.